are the only ones that can really sing. Y'all sing and y'all just smile. Try, try to follow along with them. No, I'm serious. I need, listen to me. I need y'all in ministry. Do y'all hear, Pastor? Once a month, I need you to sing. Once a month. Uh, over this side. Once a month, I need y'all to commit to sing. Is that all right? Man, man, man why are you looking at me like that, man? Once a month. Once a month. Once a month, hey Ken. All right. Once a month, y'all got to show up. Praise Jesus. This is great. This is great. Yeah, I gotta go, Doc. Gotta go. Come, come, come on. Why, why are y'all the same over here in one section? Spread out, man. Spread out. Man, I gotta do everything. Lord, have mercy. We'll, we'll be right with you. This is a station identification. This, this, this is a commercial. Just hang on in there. Look at all these young, beautiful adults. Let's get it all a hand clap. Some of y'all get over here. Praise the Lord. Come on, come on. Praise Jesus. You want to you wanna come up here and tell me what the word's going to be before we go on TV, man? So turn that TV camera on. Come on up here and tell them what the... I, I don't, I don't, don't worry, don't worry. You can do it. Just get a mic tell them what they're going to say. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Since our shape don't work, we shaping something new here. Praise the Lord. Here you go. Hey, 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 man. Tell them, tell them. You got a mic? Tell them, tell them, tell them the words. Come on now. Come on, come on, come on. That's my tennis player. Make sure she gets a good seat. All right, we're doing good. All right, you guys may be seated until we tell you to stand. Y'all too, be seated. Praise the Lord. It's all good. Somebody's got to leave. Praise the Lord. We good. Now, I want you committed once a month to sing. Can y'all do that for me? Can y'all do that for me? I asked you a question. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't fool with me. I got issues. All right, boy, this is great stuff. Isn't this great stuff? All right, Ken. Can we, have a, can we have a quick rehearsal? Hold the TV camera. You got five minutes to have rehearsal. Then you're going to sing and I'm going to preach. Everybody Praise please stand. Stand up. Come on. Come on, please stand. Praise the Lord.
Someone asked a question. Come on, everybody, why? Why do we sing? When we lift, when we lift our hands to Jesus, what, come on, what do we really mean? Someone may be wondering. Someone may be wondering. When we sing our song, when we sing our song, at times, at times we may be crying, and nothing's even wrong. I sing because I'm happy. singing come out here and you're gonna sing the song you sang this morning then we're gonna sing that all right then I'm gonna preach now listen listen to me when I start preaching be quiet and sit back and just say amen okay cuz I cuz I do have a baseball bat under this pulpit all right come on come on out here come on out here sing it all right TV cameras three two one Let's go. Let's go.
All right. Here we go.
Thank you for transformation. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for service. Thank you for sanctification. As we come on this Lord's Day, we pray that you will speak to our hearts, order our steps, change our lives, and have your way. We pray that you be glorified. We pray the church be edified. We pray the devil be horrified in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Church, say amen. Church, say amen again. Isn't that beautiful? What a mighty God we serve. First, giving honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to our co-laborers in the gospel, to all of you that are out there, amen, we greet you in the name that is above every name. And I want to thank God for our volunteers. Amen. Hallelujah. They have just been drafted. <laughs> Truly God is an awesome God. Someone said there's three types of people. Those that wait for something to happen, those that pray for something to happen, and those that make something happen. We're going to make something happen. Amen. You guys look beautiful. Praise the name of Jesus. And I want to thank God for all of you. Without any further ado, this morning we're in Judges chapter 6. The book of Judges chapter 6 is after Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible, the Old Testament. Judges chapter 6. I want to take a look at verse 11 and 12. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abrazite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. This morning I want to challenge your hearts for a few moments around the subject a contradiction to our call. A contradiction to our call. Or if we were to reverse it, a call of contradiction. Mm. Contradictions can readily be defined as 
opposites of one's claim against one's conduct. What is said against what is seen. What is pronounced against what is actually performed. And in this context of contradiction, there are a multiplicity or plethora of people throughout Scripture whom God called knowing they contradicted the very call in which God called them. That when you look at the life of Jacob, Jacob was a supplanter, Jacob was shrewd, Jacob was slick, Jacob was secretly deceptive, but God allowed some suffering, sifting, and ordered situations that made Jacob be renamed into Israel. A prince and a supporter of God. We saw him in carnality be transferred into a covenantal champion. We see the calling of Moses and Egyptian diplomat, director of Egyptian affairs, soon to be preempted of his power and called to a burning bush only to become the exodus deliverer for his people. Without question, the disciples of Jesus was a contradiction in themselves. Peter, the amen, impulsive, prideful, opinionated disciple, became reduced as he denied his Christ and went fishing and toiled all night and caught nothing and was challenged by Jesus, our resurrected Savior, as to his love for the Lord. And all through Scripture, James and John, those fighting brothers of anger, their mother wanted them to be first. When she approached Jesus and said, in your glory... Can my two sons sit on your right hand and on your left? And we, too, are in contradiction to our very call. As I war between these two natures. Sometime I live by faith. Sometime I fall to my feelings. Sometimes I praise, sometimes I pout. Do I have a witness? Sometimes I'm strong, sometimes I'm struggling. That this contradiction of sorts 
has moved upon everyone throughout Christendom. Some days we're in, some days we're just out. And it's in this context that God, here in the book of Judges, like you and me, he, we see Gideon, a major contradiction to his call. The book of Judges is a historical book of the former prophets in the Hebrew, Shaphatim, and they were the Lord's agents for deliverance. They were called governors. And there was a cycle of behavior. First, they would rebel against the Lord, like we do. And then God would send retribution, Lord have mercy, to correct them. And many times his retribution was against other nations. He would use other nations. He used Nebuchadnezzar. He used, amen, many, many enemy leaders to get his people straight. So they would rebel, and then he sent retribution, and then they would repent. They would turn around and then cry out to God. And when they cried out to God, God would bring restoration. And he would pull up a deliverer, a judge, amen, to deliver his people. Notice that cycle. We rebel. God waits, then he sends retribution. I like what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet said, wherever the carcass is, the eagle will follow. The carcass is sin and the eagle is judgment. And you know why I keep praising the name of Jesus? Because with all of my sin... Lord have mercy when the eagle of God was in flight when the eagle of God was in the air when the eagle of God was pinpointing my position grace told the eagle to go back can I get a witness that God has not dealt with us according to our sins nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquities but the psalmist said the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. It's here, here in this 350-year period of the darkest time of all of Israel's history. And by the way, when you go home, this follows Joshua. And it explains now why Joshua said in the latter part of the book of Joshua, as he was getting old and about to die, he said to Israel, here's my last speech. You guys can do what you want to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Do I have a witness? And right after he died, they fell into this period of dark, amen, this dark and dismal period of the judges, listen to this, where every man, woman, and child did that which was right in their own eyes. We see that in our country right now. We see people doing whatever they want to do and think that there will be no recourse. Can I get a witness? 
That, that, that child of God, child of God, when you, when you look at, amen, this period of the judges, this cycle of behavior. And by the way, uh, Othniel, a judge, Ehud, a judge, uh, Barak, a judge, Deborah, a judge, Jephthah, a judge, Samson, a judge, and, and, and many, many others, some include Samuel, the first prophet, many, many other judges, none of them questioned God's will. But Gideon, 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 Gideon is here in chapter 6 to 9. We come under this judge, amen, and it's the fourth apostasy and servitude that's in the book. And it's here, it's here that we, we begin to see something about this matter of contradiction. And Gideon, who name means one who hacks and cuts down. We're coming back to that. Amen. Four critical operations that challenged and changed Gideon from a contradiction to a conqueror. How does God close the gap between our contradictions and becoming a man open to his calling? Let me suggest four things that have some powerful principles to them. And the first thing I, I, I want you to see is that chapter 6, 1 to 10, we, we see Gideon's plight and pain is in contradiction to God's promises. Follow me, if you will, in chapter 6, 1 to 10. First, we see the plot. What is the plot? Well, in verse 1, we look at Israel's sin. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Now let me say something about the Midianites, because these Midianites were Green Beret fighters. They were trained, they were fierce, they were Navy SEALs. Yeah, they were the bomb when it came to fighting. Nobody on earth could fight like the Midianites. They were fierce, they were feared. People ran from them. And God decided when Israel did evil in his sight, he said, I'm going to raise up, listen to this, I'm going to raise up something that's going to correct your behavior. Do I have a witness up in the church? Child of God, you can't live and do whatever you want to do and think that God is not going to have something to say about it. Can I get a witness? God is long-suffering. God may not move when you think he's going to move. God might not send judgment when you think he's going to send judgment. But you can't keep playing with God. You can't. You can't keep playing with the Lord. Because the Bible says, as a man soweth. Somebody need to preach this stuff. So, so shall he reap. Sister Gordon told me a statistic this morning. Half of baby boomers. I'm a baby boomer. Amen. I'm not a baby buster. I'm not Generation X. I'm not hip hop. I'm, I'm a baby boomer. Half of baby boomers are divorced. Half of them are divorced. Something's wrong. Something's radically wrong. I want you to see this. First, in the first 10 verses, we see the plot. 
Israel's sin, verse 1. Israel's sentence and servanthood, 2 to 5. Israel's sorrow, 6 and 7. Look at verse 6. And Israel was greatly impoverished. Why? Because these Midianites, these Green Berets, would enter the land from the west or east, go all the way to the west, and they would strip everything like locusts. They robbed everybody, took everything, they killed people in the process, and they were impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel, here it is, watch the cycle, cried unto the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? We rebel, yeah. He sends retribution, and, and the moment we start crying and repenting, then God sends restoration. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Isn't the Lord good? Yes, he is. He's mighty good. Can I get a witness? And, and, and child of God, but don't miss not only the sin in verse 1, the sentence and the servanthood 2 to 5, the sorrow 6 to 7, but look at the stubbornness in 8 to 10. Look what Israel does in verse 10. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. That's the plot. Check out the plan, verse 11a. Gideon is chosen by the angel of the Lord. Look at verse, and there came an angel of the Lord. Now stop. Theologically, this is what we call in theology a theophany. A theophany is when God takes on human form. See, most of y'all thought, most of you thought that God took on human form at Bethlehem of Ephrata when the Word became Jesus. But Jesus was taking on human form all through the Bible. Can I get a witness? And the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness? So that's why Jesus said, search the scriptures... For they speak of me. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says that this angel of the Lord sat under a yoke oak tree in Oprah and saw the son of Joash, Gideon, threshing, listen to this, wheat by the wine press. Here it is. He's timid. He's fearful. He's scared to hide it from the Midianites. You heard the plot. You've seen the plan. Now, here's his paralysis. (laughs) Gideon is totally afraid. Mm. And not only do we see the plot, the plan, the paralysis, but now we see the pronouncement. Verse 12 and 13. Look look what it says, right? And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Now, I can stop, start, and pause just on that. When the Lord says, I'm with you, there's nothing to fear. When the Lord says, I'm with you, he's going to work it out. When the Lord is with you, he's more than the world against you. Can I get a witness? He told Joseph in Genesis, but the Lord was with Joseph. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and Romans says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Can I get a witness? And, 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 and the Bible says, the Bible says, the Lord is with thee. Here it is. Now, we dealt with the plot, the plan, the paralysis. We dealt with the pronouncement. But here's what messed up. Get in. 
Here's his protest. Thou mighty man of valor. How can God call this man, a mighty man of valor, when he's hiding at night from the enemy? There's a contradiction there. Are you with me? Let me, let me, let me, let me straighten something out about God. See, God is eternal and everything he does has eternal ramifications. So God, by faith, God uses faith, God can call things that be not as though it already was. Are you getting this picture? And, and it's not up to you, the one called, to bring it to pass. Whatever God wants to happen is going to happen because that's what makes him God. He'll call something up front and start messes up our reasoning. He, he calls something up front that is not and says this is what it's going to be. Now, 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 how it's going to be that, Sister Hicks, is his business. How he's going to work out your issues, how he's going to work through your history, how he's going to work through your dilemma, how he's going to work through your hurts. That's God's business. But God said, thou mighty man of valor. What a contradiction. First principle here. This is a teaching ministry. First principle. We are principle-based teachers. Everything has a principle. Here's the principle here. Our pains and our plights preempt the promises of God. I'm pausing purposely. What we don't understand is that mm, many of us must grow in grace through the power of the Holy Spirit because we have, I'm not talking about the hurt you got yesterday. I'm not talking about the hurt you got last week. I'm not talking about the hurt because your children are out there. I'm not talking about the hurt because your marriage has designed. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about hurts that's been in you all your life. What they tend to do is they tend to preempt the promises. The promises of God are to perfect us, to protect us, to provide for us, to promote us. And the reason some of us can't receive the promises because we too busily tussling with the pain. Lord have mercy. Me. Everything goes through our reflective, amen, paralysis, amen, reflective lenses. And as a man thinketh, so is he. So everything that God wants to do with you is preempted because you cannot accept the promises because you're working overtime with your pain. And until you and I get around the pain, we cannot have the promises. I'm, 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 I'm trying to work this thing out. That, that is, listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. First, first, first of all, we, we struggle with God's plans for us. We cannot serve others 
We cannot submit to others. We cannot support others because I'm too busy, blinded by my own pain. Well, what are you going to do for me? I watch, I, watch, I watch people around the church. Somebody pull up with a new car. You, you, you just can't. You can't do it. You just can't go outside and say, praise Jesus. I'm, baby, I'm happy for you that the Lord blessed you with a new car. You got to look at the car. You, you, you just can't. You, you can't bless somebody else. Can I get a witness? Because that paralysis of pain is more concerned about you than it is about blessing somebody else. You, you, you can't say, Pastor, great sermon. Pastor, good day. Pastor, thank uh, you, you. You can't even say to one another, beautiful dress, beautiful, beautiful wig, beautiful, 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 beautiful. Beautiful something, you can't, you, you know, you, you, you just can't, you can't do it. You just can't do it, my brethren. You, you know, uh, there, there, there's something in you that keeps messing with you about what you don't have. So you can't say congratulations to them that do have. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to preach this thing. Because you are messed up inside of your perception devices. Can I get a witness? You know, you like to come to my house, woman? I just bought a new home. Oh, praise Jesus. We can't even greet each other in Christian love. We all messed up. Now, let me tell you how this pain messes up the promises. First of all, it affects my insights, my reasoning. I, I, I already dealt with that. There's, there's a reflective thing going on. Everything got to pass through that grid. That grid is defective. That grid is fractured. Are you praying with me? It not only messes up my insights, it messes up my intimacy in my relationships. Uh-oh. I know it's going to get quiet now. Now, when I talk about intimacy, biblically, intimacy has nothing to do with huffing, puffing, blowing, and kissing. That, that ain't intimacy. Intim, in, no, I'm serious. In, in, in the world, that was intimacy. Can I get a witness? Look, look, here's intimacy in the world. Woo! That, that, that ain't no intimacy in Christ. That's just a bad wind that came through. Intimacy in Christ has to do with the unique ability to be fully uncovered. That's why Paul said that I may know him. Gnusko is the Greek word. That I may intimately know Jesus. Can I get a witness? And child of God, here's what prevents us from being intimate. The fact that there's so much pain in front of us trying to disclose and uncover and undress before one another. We got so much stuff hooked up, hooked in, hooked out that we cannot even get close to one another. Messes up our relationships. That's what's wrong with a lot of couples. 
I cannot do for my wife unless I can calculate what's being done for me. When are you able to say to your mate, baby, don't worry about me. This is totally for you. It's the acapeo way of giving. And we can't do it because there's too much pain. There's something broken, Sister Mom Bettner, in us. Something missing from us so we can't give to others. When, when we are secure in who we are, we're able to give anything and not demand anything. Oh, y'all getting quiet up in this place. Y'all, that's all right. I'm preaching it out your way. So I got to keep somebody else in bondage because I'm in bondage. Well, where you going now? Well, I, I, I like to go to the mall. Well, why you got to go to the mall? No, no, just listen. This, see, this is a broken person. And then when you want to go somewhere, you don't expect to hear nothing. Isn't that broken? That's a scratch record. It just keeps repeating the same thing. So instead of you releasing your mate, instead of you loving them and giving them security about what they want to do, not what you want them to do. Somebody need to preach this stuff. So you keeping your mate in bondage because you're in bondage. Let me get off of that. My pain not only affects my insights, my intuition, but even my integrity. Get in, get in, get in, get in is ignorant of the presence. See, Jesus said, I'll be with you. Can I get a witness? And, and see, and see, child of God, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. That first principle is so deep. I can never, amen, pull up the promises as long as I am pulling up my pain. Can't do it. It doesn't even matter what the Lord said. Your pain keeps you handcuffed. Can I get a witness? I'm a prisoner. I'm, I'm no good. I'm messed up. I have a low self-esteem. I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And, and, and the principle here, God, Jesus Christ, is showing this man that not only is the Lord with thee, but he calls him something he's not. He calls a contradiction. Thou mighty man of valor. Gideon is baffled. Who, me? Are you talking about me? Look at the second thing in the text real quick. Not only Gideon's plight, plain contradiction to God's promises, but secondly, Gideon's pitiful historical condition, which is in contradiction to God's purposes. Now look at verse 15. Are you with me? Chapter 6, verse 15. Come on, we're going to go. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I 
save Israel. Let me stop. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, I'm with you. How am I going to save Israel? Now, here, now watch the historical stuff come up. Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Now, look what God, Jesus replies in verse 16. The Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee. Now watch this now. And thou shalt smite the Midianites, don't miss this, as one man. I'm going to be with you, but we're going to get victory as if I used one man. Mm. Gideon, Gideon, Gideon's challenge. Gideon's challenge about his family. Gideon, amen. No, no, notice how patient God is with us when we keep making excuses. Excuses are the monuments of nothing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You keep making excuses. Do you really think God's asking you to do something by yourself? If he tells you he's with you, do you really think he wants your game plan? Do you really think he wants you to pull this off by yourself? You remember the man in John chapter 5 who kept making excuses? Look, he, Jesus goes up to the man and says, excuse me, man's paralyzed 38 years. Do you want to be healed? Rhetorical question. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be healed? And here go the man. The man says, well, you know, I, yeah, yeah, every, every, every time... The angel comes down and touches the water, and the water starts stirring. Somebody else beats me into the pool. Now, if I were giving the man counsel, I'd say, look, here's what you do. Put your feet in the pool and stay there. And when the water starts stirring, jump in so nobody can beat you there. Well, Jesus did one better. Jesus said, no, 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 forget the angel, forget the pool. I'm telling you. Take up your bed and walk. You ain't getting this. You're not getting this. Jesus challenged to the man, pick up the very thing you keep laying on. Pick up the very thing you keep making excuses with. Pick up the cot you keep using. Not to get into the water, pick it up, put it on your back, and walk away. I get tired of people making excuses. Look, 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 look. Three things God's going to do in your life so you can't use those pitiful historical conditions contrary to his purposes. Number one, God's going to mature you by... Listen, he's going to mature you to accept his will. I, one of the strongest assertions of faith was Abraham. Listen to this and tell me if this does not make sense. And, is, and, and, and Abraham was going not knowing where he was going. Now that's faith. God said, get up and go. Where? Don't worry about it. Just keep going. In other words, I'm trusting God with all of my direction. 
All he asked me to do was get up and go. God becomes your GPS. God is the one that, and, and then see, with God, he ain't going to give you the whole plan. You know, I, you know we've, we've been with these super phones and these computers too long. God's not going to give you the full analysis about where he's taking you. With, walking with God is one step at a time. Get up and go. And every step I take, the Lord starts to illumine where he wants you to go, why he wants you to go, how he wants you to go. The Lord leads by faith. What is faith? Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. He not only matures you, he moves you from financial fractures to faith. God's going to move you by faith. I can tell you right now, he, you, you're going to have to believe him. He's going to put you in a situation where you got to believe. You, all other options are shut. You either believe God or you just die. You got to believe the Lord. You got, you, you going to walk this thing by faith. If you're looking for God to put something up on the screen, you're out of your military mind. God is not going to show you everything. God is not going to give you everything up front. Let me tell you why. Because every disclosure has got to have grace with it. See, grace allows me to accept the things that God wants me to know. I need grace to know, amen, that this day, amen, is all he wants me to be concerned about. You know why God won't show you the future? Because there's no grace for the future yet. Grace shows up when you need it. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. Now. So if, if I'm going to get laid off on a job next month, I don't need to know right now about the job. I need to wait till I get to that juncture and God sends the grace. Grace keeps me. Grace surrounds me. Grace supports me. Grace holds me up. Grace... Grace cushions me. Grace, grace. That's why they call it amazing grace. When somebody in your family dies, you know what happens? Just before they die, and God knows how much you love them, grace comes out of heaven. Suffering grace. Grace surrounds you. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching to somebody this morning. God said, I'll never leave you alone. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He matures you, he moves you, and then he's going to motivate you to accept his power. Now, 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 now please, real quickly in, in, in verse 17, look at his pitiful condition. Uh, because first he asked for a sign, a seen conviction. Signs are a lot of faith. Talking about, Lord, show me something. God ain't got to show you nothing. Can I get a witness? If God's got to show me something before I'm obedient in doing it, that's not a good thing. Can I get a witness? Oh, God, lay out, lay it out before me. And, and some of y'all prayers, you need to take them prayers and jam them right back where they came from because they ain't from God. Can I get a witness? 
Tell my Lord, oh Lord, God of heaven, God of shalom, God of the universe, will you just show me? What are he going to show you for? You're supposed to be walking by faith. Can I get a witness? Faith says, I'll see it when he wants me to see it. Faith says, if I keep walking in his direction, he'll start disclosing it. He'll start opening up and anything that gets in the way, he'll meet me there. If God be for us, then who can be against us? For we are more than conquerors through him. He asked for a sign, and then he asked a, a service by God, 28, amen. And then he, he wants a supernatural approval, a face-to-face -face meeting, verse 22. And God makes him do a separation, 24 to 25. What's the separation? Now you're going to live up to your name. Your name is Gideon to, hot, to hack down and tear down. Tear down your father's altar to bear. Yeah. 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 That's what you're going to tear down first. Right. You're going to be true to your name. You're going to tear down that altar to Baal. Can I get a witness? Uh, so you can worship me. Because worship comes before warfare. Do I have a witness? See, God wants to get us just in the position of worship. I'm so glad and proud of all these young people. We love you. And I'm trying to teach a principle you need to understand. See, listen. Let me, listen. If I'm going to be blessed by God, I need to be saved. Can I get a witness? I need to be born again, blood washed. I don't need to be coming to church out of tradition, out of family history. I need to know the master. I need to know the man from Galilee. I, I need to be blood washed, blood bought, born again, saved from the guttermost, saved to the uttermost. But not only do I need to be saved, I need to be sanctified. In time, it doesn't come overnight. As you walk with the Holy Spirit, he starts cleaning things up and starts moving things out. Somebody said, things I used to do, I don't want to do anymore. Places I used to go, I don't want to go anymore. God starts cleaning you up. Did he clean you up? Didn't the Lord clean up your mind? Didn't, didn't the Lord clean up your mouth? Didn't the Lord clean up your motives? He will clean you up. He not only saves and he not only sanctifies, here it is, but the Lord wants us to serve him. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place now. He, he doesn't want us to get saved and sit. The harvest is plenteous and the labors are few. Folk are dying and going to hell and we come and sitting up in church like we getting entertained, like it's a movie theater, like it's a show, and we throw a couple dollars in the plate, look at the show, and go home and ease our consciences. That's not worship. When you come to worship, according to Leviticus, you ought to bring three things with you. You ought to bring something in your head. That's a knowledge of God. The Lord is. Can I get a witness? You ought to bring something in your heart, a love for God. Can I get a witness? But child of God, don't get quiet now. You ought to bring something in your hand. That's a tithe for God. And then you ought to serve him. Serving. 
Amen. You say, well, how? I'm glad you asked. Whatever your profile was, whatever your shape is, you ought to serve him in some capacity. Well, I'm going to give a percentage of my time, talents, and tithes. I'm going to help out in the youth department. I done raised my kids. Now I'm going to help somebody else's kids. I'm going to help drive the vans so we can pick up the youth. Can I get a witness? I'm going to help out in the kitchen to serve others meals. I'm going to help out as an usher. I'm going to sing on a choir, but I got to serve. Can I get a witness? Because as I serve God, God then blesses me. As I serve God, God then is pleased with me. Can I get a witness? I heard Isaiah said, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Look at this. Uh, too many of y'all come up in here sitting. All you're doing is sitting. You don't sit down at casinos. When you used to go. You didn't sit in no cabaret. Oh, don't get funny with me this morning. I'm from South Philly from the 60s. I know. We get in them cabarets, boy. We cha-cha. Hey. Hey. We, 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 we kicking it out all night for the devil. You did all that for the devil. You got high for the devil. You got drunk for the devil. You danced for the devil. You cursed for the devil. You fornicated with the devil. You committed adultery with the devil. Yeah, you did all that for the devil. Now that you're saved, what are you going to do for Jesus? The one that snatched you out of hell. The one that snatched you out of hell. The one that snatched you out of Somebody need to preach it. And I mean, you need to be a bold witness. Not one of them secret servants. Are you saying? No. I am born again. Blood washed. Blood bought. And Jesus is Lord. I called Sister Gordon yesterday when y'all had your woman's conference. I said, tell the women, I said, what does it profit a woman to gain a whole conference and lose her soul in hell? Can I get a witness? See, you keep thinking everybody come through these doors are saved. They ain't saved. Listen, you say, well, how do you know that? Excuse me, I used to come out of parties and go to church. I'm, try, I'm trying to ease that conscience. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? Child, 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 child of God, but Gideon's perplexities, third, is a contradiction to God's power. Now, 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 I'm going to close this thing so we get out of here, 36 to 40. Here's what I call the madness of the math. My God. <sighs> God doesn't see things the way we see them. Do I have a witness? So in the seventh chapter, one to seven, we see the faith 
and the faith is tested in verse 3. There's turmoil, 4 and 5. There's turning back, six is, there's a turning point, 6 and 7. And listen, listen, and there's a trigger in verse 9. I'm, I want to do this as quickly as possible. God's test to Gideon is get prepared for battle. Okay, Lord, can you brief me on the intel? Can you give me some intelligence of the enemy? You are about to go up against the Midianites. It is approximately 136,000 trained Green Berets. Okay, Lord, I don't know how we're going to do this, but okay, Lord. And how many do we have on our side? I'm glad you asked. You got 32,000 farmers. 32,000 farmers with pitchforks, stays, and shovels against 136,000 green berets. Boom. Gideon said, ah, right? Gideon starts marching, reasoning. Reasoning, reasoning, how can 32,000 farmers beat 136,000 Green Berets? He's reasoning, and then God says, Gideon, yes, Lord, you have too many for me to get Won't God mess up your mind? So here's, and this is in the text. So God says, here's what you're going to do. Make an announcement to the 32,000. How many of you are scared and want to go home? And when he made the announcement, 22,000 said, bye. We're out of here. So God said, now how many do you have? He said, well, I have 10,000 against 132,000 Green Berets. God says, Gideon, yes, Lord, you still have too many for me to get the glory. You're not getting this. You know when God gets the glory? When everything is lopsided. <laughs> you know when God gets the glory? When all the hellions out of hell come against you and you by yourself. You know when God gets the glory? When the doctors say there's no hope. You know when God gets the glory? When you don't have a penny in your pocket, food in your cupboard, can I get a witness? God is waiting for your extremity, which gives him opportunity. He's waiting for things to get real bad. Turn to your neighbor and say, real bad. It's when things get real bad that the Holy Ghost shows up. It's when things get real bad that God decides to step in. It's when things get real bad 
that God lets you know uh, that, that, that he is able, that he can do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. It's when you run out of options that the Lord starts moving in. It's when you say, I can't go no further, that God takes over. Can I get a witness? And I'm telling you, he's able. He's able. He's able. Hallelujah. So Gideon took the 300. Lord, have mercy. Are you praying with me? He took the 300 and God says, now your numbers match my glory. Yes, sir. Because when this battle's over, Israel will give me all of the glory. Can I get a witness? And child of God, the final point is Gideon's personal persuasions are in contact, in con contradiction to God's plans. Here's what he told him. He says, now here's what you're going to do. He's messing with this boy's mind. You're going to take them 300 and split them up into three troops. They're going three different ways. And all of them are going to have the same things in their hands. Watch this, because he's going to kill them as one man. He says all of them at the same time is going to blow their trumpets. All of them at the same time is going to break their pictures. They had pictures. All of them at the same time are going to lift their torches and shout. And when you do this at the same time, I'm going to cause the Midianites to kill themselves. Y'all ain't getting this. You won't lose one soldier because when the Lord gets involved, He's asking you to participate, but he really doesn't need you. Can I get a witness? He said, when I finish with this thing, <laughs> all the Midianites will kill themselves because of this state of confusion that will come from three different areas. Are you praying with me? And child of God, when Gideon did that, all of the Midianites turned on each other and started killing each other because they didn't know what was going on. It was at night. All they heard was trumpets. All they heard was pictures being broken. All they saw was torches. And they woke up and started killing each other. Can I get away? Isn't that the way God is with your enemies? When your enemies come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. When your enemies think they're trying to trip you up, God will trip them up. When your enemies think they're trying to pull you down. God will pull them down. My God is an awesome God. Isn't he awesome? Isn't he awesome? He's mighty awesome. Listen, we are all in contradiction to our calling. Even the determining counsel of God in Acts 2.23 who sanctioned our Savior Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Even that request was in contradiction. How can you kill God? Can I get a witness? How can you put God on a cross and kill him? Well, the reason it was a contradiction because when Jesus got up on a cross, he understood he had to dismiss himself. 
from himself. He is the everlasting, eternal, all-knowing, all-comprehensive God. He, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. So he dismissed the God-man. Lord have mercy. Hey, can I get a witness? And then the man, the human, the human died on the cross. That was a contradiction. The hypostatic union is a contradiction to our minds. Can I get a witness? How can God be all man and all God? How can he be 100% man and 100% God? How can God die on a cross and then go to hell and preach to spirits? Can I get a witness? How, how can God, amen, on the third day reunite with his spirit? Can I get a witness? And the Bible says that he got up early with all power in his hands. Can I get a witness? That a centurion said, surely this, this was the son of God. Can I get a witness? It was a contradiction of contradictions because God knew that his body would not see corruption. Do I have a witness? Well, child of God, you say, well, wait a minute. If we are are all contradictory to the call, then how do we accept these principles? I'm glad you asked. I'm getting out your way. We accept God's promises over our pains when we are crucified in Christ. That means all of you got to go. All of God stays. Can I get a witness? Uh, uh, we, 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 we are able. Yeah. To place his purposes above, above our pitiful histories because we are crucified to Christ. And yeah, we, we can put our God's power above our perplexities because we have been crucified for Christ. And we can accept God's plans over our personal persuasions because we have been crucified through Christ. It takes crucifixion to get out of the way. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you think about this contradictory call, I tussle with this every week. Lord, you called me, but I, I have a whole nother operation going on on the inside. Romans 7 says, with my mind I serve the law of God, but in my flesh the law of sin. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall, amen, who shall save me from the bondage of this death? And, and, and Paul says, thanks be to God who keeps on giving us the victory. Can I get, because the law of the Spirit takes out the other six laws. Can I get a witness? As long as we are leaning on the Spirit, there's no contradiction. As long as we are walking in the Spirit, there's no contradiction. As long as we are waiting on the Spirit, there is no contradiction. Child of God, I've come to tell you that in all of this contradiction we live in, God's call is still God's call. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. He's going to deliver you. He's going to heal you. He's going, to, he's going to lift you up. He's going to promote you. He's going to bring you joy. Can I get a witness? Because God is God. Say yeah. He's able. He's able. He's able to do far exceedingly. He's able. He's able to heal me. He's able to help me. He's able. Yes, he is. Can I get a witness? We may be a contradiction, but my Christ has a call. And he's able. 
And you saw Jeremiah said, are you altogether a liar? He said, the wormwood. He said, you, you've, you've, you've messed me up. And then contradiction. But his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning by morning, new mercies. Let's bow, let's stay on our feet, bow our heads. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you know deep in your soul you're not saved, you want Jesus Christ to save you. People that are dying and don't know Jesus are going to hell. You must be born again. If you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Put your hand in and say, Pastor, I want to be saved. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join this church on your Christian experience. Raise your hand. You need to belong to a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. You don't need to keep church hopping. You need to settle your tent right now. Is there one this morning? Is there one in the balcony? Is there one? Father, we thank you for this narrative that there is a contradiction in our call but we know Lord God that you make the difference you bring healing you bring help you bring holiness help us to get out of the way and trust you and you alone and God with all the pain and the plight all of the pitiful history, all of the perplexities, and all of the personal persuasions, we just stop right now and yield to you and say, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. And we thank you for deliverance. As you delivered Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, you spoke what was not, but what would be. Now speak to our hearts. Healing, restoration, help and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I might be a contradiction, but I'm on my way of being cured. God bless you. We love you. I want to thank everybody in the choir. See you Wednesday at 7 o'clock church meeting, 8 o'clock core. God bless you. Have a great day.